and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Podcast. This is the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. And today I have with me a very special guest, Mary Maru. And we met at a very amazing entrepreneurial event and just connected. And she has so much insight into web and design and art that I definitely wanted to have her on and just get a chance for you to hear from her. So I always start with what we have in common. So welcome, Mary. Hi, Priscilla. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I told you before, my podcast is just a very expensive, big excuse to talk with the people that I actually like to talk to. I love that. (laughs) So let's talk for just a second what we have in common. We are both entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Now, how long have you had your own agency? I've been in business for five years. Five years. And so your big focus is web design. It is. This is the other thing we have in common. But give me one interesting fact that we don't have in common. An interesting fact that we don't have in common. something, Hmm. Something interesting about... Mary Maru, come on. <laughs> something that I can actually talk about. On right, air. right. But you live in New York. There's got to be something strange about you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably too many things. Oh, no. <laughs> An interesting thing about me. Gosh, that's tough, Priscilla. Well, I know you're an avid cyclist. I am. I am. And actually, one of my goals within the next maybe two years from now is I'm dying to ride a century. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay, well, see, that's what we don't have in common. (laughs) See, we found it. That's the Venn diagram. (laughs) We are both entrepreneurs. We both build websites. I am never going to write a century. (laughs) (laughs) So one other thing, tell me what your favorite museum is. I know we have museums, a love of museums in common. We do. And my favorite, I have to say, is the new Whitney Museum in New York. They just opened about nine months ago, a Mm -hmm. new location just off the meatpacking district in New York City. And it is an incredible, open, light, airy space where you can just absorb like all of these beautiful, modern, contemporary American artworks. The building was designed, I believe, by Renzo Piano, Mm -hmm. and he incorporated outdoor spaces. So lovely. (laughs) <laughs> Every floor, you can walk outside, enjoy the beautiful New York City skyline or the Hudson River, uh-huh. and then go back into the next floor to check out some more artwork. Well, awesome. Next time I'm in New York, we're going there or the MoMA, or let's just do them both. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, What's on your mind today? Like, what are some of the projects that are on your plate? Is it a really busy season or, or what's going on with you right now? It's an interesting time for me right now, actually. I love when summer comes and we're right on the cusp of that because my target industries actually slow down a little bit. Hmm. And it gives me a chance to kind of step back and take a breath and see what I've done in the past year, what's transpired with my clients, how things are changing in the market and kind of getting my ducks back into a row and getting ready for late summer, early fall when the busy season starts to kick up again. Yeah, so you have kind of a, a little bit of a vertical. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you branch out in, in different things, but you, you really have gotten known in an interesting vertical with arts and museums and, and also in, in the health industry. I have. How did those things come about? How did that vertical kind of happen? Did you go after it or did, was it just natural? It was kind of natural to, to take a look first at the health media business that I've been working with for four years or so now. I actually 
spent quite a few years working in the media business, in print publishing specifically. And from that time, I developed a lot of expertise in marketing for publishing companies. So there was this natural extension that occurred when I went into my own business, into design and web design, for me to partner with media companies. And it just so happens that the first company in that industry that I partnered with was in health media. And basically what those guys do is they place media in waiting room facilities at medical offices. And it's kind of an interesting industry because it's new and it's evolving. The companies that participate in that industry, which is very small and tight-knit at this point, are forming their own industry organizations mm-hmm. to create standards. And it's so fascinating to me. And I love working with those guys. So that's kind of how that came to be. Well, you uh, told me a crazy story when we first met that in the 80s, you actually worked at Ogilvy & Mather. I did. Or is it Mather? I, I don't think I've ever gotten that right. Is you know, I, we always said Ogilvy and Mather, but I've heard so many people say Mather. So um, I think, honestly, it's probably the New York pronunciation that says right. Mather. <laughs> well, I mean, that is so crazy because that's back when people really think about ad agencies as ad agencies. And, uh, you know, give us a little insight about what that was like being able to experience even a small little piece of that. Well, when I was working with Ogilvy and Mather, they were at the top of their game, Mm -hmm. either number one or number two nationally or internationally. Mm -hmm. And one of the really cool, fun things that used to happen was whenever there was a big account win, you know, you'd be sitting at your desk, toiling away, doing your job. And suddenly there would be like a waiter in full tuxedo pushing carts of champagne around the office and (laughs) and (laughs) serving hors d'oeuvres. And uh, occasionally there would be someone walking through the halls singing like Mm -hmm. professional acapella singers. I mean, it was just (laughs) absolutely astoundingly amazing and fun. Well, I mean, David Ogilvy is what you think of when you think of advertising, big world advertising agency, at least it is for me. Mm-hmm. And just even the idea to have been in that environment, it's a different world now. I mean, even Ogilvy has changed. Their own world is really different. But man, I just can't imagine what it would be like to have been around that type of a a really a creative environment because I think they did have a deep respect for well I guess for art and for really persuasive copy Mm -hmm. and I think it's that kind of like that love of copy like and how much he really wanted people to hone in that persuasive copy and how much he was really into people trying to understand how you get rid of fluff and really get to the core of what is going to persuade somebody. It's less talking about you and more identifying with that client. And that's kind of, we're full circle now back into that because mobile marketing and, you know, you and I deal all day long in web where I'm sure you get the same thing I get. The client comes to us and wants to talk about their company, when they started and what their, all their information is when really we should be talking about the client. Absolutely. They are and persuading them why their product or service could make their life better. And it, it makes me think back to that day where they really they spent weeks 
on ad copy. You know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't know when the last time was that a client of yours let you paid you for weeks of work on copy, but <laughs> I don't ever recall that happening. <laughs> you know, we're having to do so much of that on the fly. So that I think is totally interesting. But so absolutely. Some of that I think has to do with the change in medium. You know, back in those days, we really just had print, television, and radio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And today, I mean, the opportunities for getting the word out about your brand and your business are just so vast and so instantaneous, you know, the, the web being a great example of that. So I think part of that transition from a very carefully uh, planned out creative spec has changed these days to something a little bit faster because it's Number one, keeping up with the pace of our world today in general, but also it's so much easier to change on a website, right. you know? Oh my gosh, I didn't really think about that. That is totally true. But, you know, on the other hand, you know, I have so many people who come to us and they haven't changed their website for the last decade. <laughs> and yet it's so easy to change. <laughs> so that's funny too, you know, <laughs> however that works. But one thing that you and I have in common, and I think we also connect on, is that we're both entrepreneurs. So tell us a little bit bit about your story. You're five years into this and today is a weird day for me. It's it's a five year anniversary of when I basically watched my whole studio go down in flames. Oh my god. So five years ago I had a fresh start. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but tell us about what it is like. I have a lot of listeners who are freelancers or do some web work. And obviously, you know, we overlap. There's a, we, we, we're, we're both really, you're, you're a smaller shop, a very honed in. Would that be fair to say? You're, you're very, you know, yes. client oriented, very looking at that strategy. Mm -hmm. And you work on projects with, for that client. You do things, even brochures and, you know, so you do a spectrum. But I think that a lot of people probably come to you for web. Is that right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's just really your, your calling card. Tell me a little bit about your story of how you then went out on your own. That is very interesting to my listeners. Sure. Well, it started because I was working in corporate and I loved what I was doing. But I got to a point where I was just so driven by wanting to go out on my own and chart my own path. And it had been something in the back of my mind. I, I chatted about it with a friend who had started their own business, their own creative business years mm -hmm. before. And they were just so insistent, Mary, you have to do this at some point in your life. Before I did eventually go out on my own, I was thinking about like, what are the things that I've really been drawn to over the past few years. Mm -hmm. And it always came back the same way. And that was design. And even though I spent many years as a marketer in my corporate life, I always found opportunities to do design projects. Um, sometimes my bosses weren't so crazy about me pursuing that path. Right. But, you know, <laughs> I, I was good at it. And they couldn't really deny me that fact. So after executing some successful projects for an employer, I thought, why don't I just do this on my own myself? Mm -hmm. And I left my job, which I don't advise people doing. I think it's actually better to maybe, um, you know, try something on the side while you still have an income, you know, flowing in. Mm -hmm. But I decided to dive in with both feet. And that was the right way to do it for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm completely self-taught. I took many classes at School of Visual Arts in New York, where I live, and at FIT, which is Fashion Institute of Technology. Um, 
I took project management classes at NYU just to help with my business process. Um, as you know, because we met in the environment, I take lots of business coaching courses. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I, I think that, you know, with uh, with that entrepreneurship, you, you know, you, you're seeking out the things that you need. But I hear what you're saying is you're picking and choosing certain things, not necessarily going for a particular degree. You're going to really improve the thing that you need to improve. Oh, absolutely. Because I love that I think, approach. Yeah. I think as an entrepreneur and an independent, um, my clients really don't care about credentials. What they care about is that I'm able to get the work done for them and that I'm able to help elevate their brand and make their business shine and help them grow. So, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so right, to speak. It's right. not the initials after my name or mm -hmm. any of those um, things. Well, and it's not just that you can do the job and you do it very effectively, you truly deliver. And I know that that's a, you know, a fear that a lot of owners have when they're engaging with a new marketing company, whether it be an agency like us or with a freelancer, where you're handling truly your own project management and you're handling your own client management and even you're handling all your own marketing. How do you get yourself out there? But I think that clients, they get so worried because so many times they don't know if that person is going to deliver or not. And there is no standard of just because someone does have a degree or in it or not, that's never worked for them to get guarantee on delivery or anything. But has there been something in that that has surprised you that was a lot more work to get the work as opposed to doing the work? Is there, which one do you like better or how do you, how do you balance that? Well, I love doing the work. I have to say that that's more enjoyable for me. I can work on a project and look up from my computer and it's, you know, two in the morning and I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get up tomorrow and then, you know, fulfill other commitments. Right. Um, I really, I just love to design so much. Um, I also love marketing, um, and I love helping my clients with that. Marketing and promoting myself, definitely a little bit more challenging. You know, I'm so close to my own business that it's really helpful and refreshing to get an outside perspective on that. Oh, I totally uh, agree. It's so hard yeah. for me to market Little Bird, and even though I've put all the discipline in it and all the standards there, I, I still... I know when I'm in trouble and I need to go up, oh, just stop, go ask someone, go get help, go talk to your coach, go reach out to, you know, I have you and so many other friends in the industry that are so helpful and, you know, send things back. But it's so funny. I have to run us through the paces we put our clients through. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. <laughs> it is. It is. It's so easy to do it to someone else. <laughs> and yet so hard. I totally agree. And I, I think that that also speaks to the people out there who sometimes try to do it themselves and mm -hmm. kind of wonder why they're struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same story. You mm -hmm. know, you it's it's really a lot healthier for yourself and your business to get an outside perspective mm -hmm. um, and let people who have the expertise do what they're best at doing. Right. Well, five years out, what, what, what would you say is absolutely the thing you would never trade? You would now, now that you know five years you're doing it your way, what is that calling card for you where this is the kind of work I'd take and this is the kind of work I will not take? Um, that's a great question. Five years out now, I am, I'm definitely focused more on projects that I can have an impact on from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is 
if I meet a client who is completely ready with the content for their website, they know exactly what they want to say word for word, all the punctuations in place, they know exactly the images they want to use, they know exactly how they want to lay it out. And they're basically looking to hire someone to, you know, hit the keys on the computer and do what right. they want specifically. <laughs> that's, that's probably not something that I'm going to chase after because right. there's not a lot of opportunity for me to do what I do best, which is to help strategize with a client and help them jointly and collaboratively discover how to use web and web technologies to best present their brand and their message. But see, you're interesting like that because you do love the technical side of it. I know you do. You love the design side of it. Um, but in the strategy, you know, that to me also, that's a little bit of a, you know, a technical thing, knowing the strategy. But you really bring this amazing aesthetic to it. You have that that design, that art uh, application. And I think that's really unique. And I, I think that's where I resonated with you. I love doing my counting. I love looking at my books. I love talking about strategy. I love connecting the dots. But I can't walk away from the art either. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, you have such a sophisticated eye, I think, in the design. It comes out in your work. And I think that's what really, I, I feel like when I look at Mary Maru work, that's like, there's a little special art aesthetic to it. <laughs> so something that makes that stand out. Do you think that just happened naturally because it's just who you are? You just love being able to see things happen visually? I think it's definitely part of who I am. I've been interested all my life in art, and I'm pulled by beautiful aesthetics. Of course, function is is really the foundation and the very important aspect of something like a website design. But um, you can't ignore the fact that people are attracted to nice to look at beautiful things. Right. Yeah. And once you grab them with that, you know, then you have your meat and potatoes behind that to help support um, whatever the visual story is that you're you're trying to impart. So that's one part of visibility um, of just the aesthetic of it just being, you know, beautiful to look at visually. But you also bring to the table um, the strategy talking with clients about how to actually make their website visible. So mm-hmm. where do you go with that? What does that conversation sound like? The website visibility aspect, I do a very, very, very basic strategy with clients around analytics and SEO. And generally, if it's if the client needs something more than just the very basic stuff, I'll partner with Little Bird or a, a company that has a much broader scope mm-hmm. and expertise in that area. Mm-hmm. But basically what I try to do for my clients is I, I want to make sure that they hit the map when there are people who are unaware of their company but have the keywords in mind or the the search criteria to look for a service that's going to help their business. I try to help my clients identify what they can do on their website in terms of copy content that will help them to rank in Google. Yeah. Yeah, If you can't be found, you can't be found. But you know, that's so interesting you say that because yeah, we love to take it a step further and go into massive SEO. And obviously we're here with inbound marketing and massive content marketing, but a lot of clients don't need that. They're at that place where they need a very well crafted website. And this is so interesting. I love, this is why I love working with, with uh, companies like yours, because they understand that visibility element when you build it the first time. Oh, yes. I can't tell you how many times I've come in into a meeting with someone 
And they are ready now to go for a massive content marketing platform build. Where are we going to go? We need to build this platform from which to jump beyond, right? Mm -hmm. But we have to stop and go, well, we can't start those projects because uh, you don't have a website that has been built on any kind of visibility you know, criteria. Mm -hmm. And so it's starting over. There's really two things that people have to plan for. That is building the website properly. And then secondly, then we can build a content marketing or inbound marketing or, you know, those kinds of strategies beyond it. So I love that you introduced the strategy at the very beginning when you're doing a project, because where is, who knows where this company is going? It it could be very different. And, you know, with, with where things are going, trending, how consumers want to digest the information, they want to digest it when they want to digest and They want to find it on their mobile device when they want to. You know, it, 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 those websites have to be built with that in mind. So that visibility conversation, I wish more web designers were having that mm-hmm. at, the, at the foundation of the web, you know, build. <laughs> yeah, I know. It makes total sense to do it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. But instant credibility. Let's talk a little bit about that. We talk here a lot. We use the words instant legitimacy or professional legitimacy or things like that. Do you find that people are still coming to you just saying, look, I have a business, but it doesn't really seem real yet. And like the website's going to bring the credibility. Is that still happening for you? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that that is a a state of mind or a state of business that will be with us for as long as we're Mm -hmm. all around, just Mm -hmm. because of the fast pace of technological changes. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have a website built for you three to five years ago. And like you were saying before, if you don't keep up with updates along the way and refreshing your content and just making tweaks and changes here and there, um, you know, you're going to, you're going to look really outdated and, and potentially lose credibility. Now I do have clients that come to me and their websites are terribly outdated. And despite that, they're still successful and they're still growing their business. And it's amazing. Um, But they still, you know, they're smart. They're looking ahead and they realize, hey, if I want to keep up this growth momentum, I really need to keep pace with the way marketing is going. Oh my gosh, that is such a great client that you you look at their website and you think, how on earth have you been this successful, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I hate how they walk in a lot of times and they are literally ashamed of their website. And I, I just have to say so much to an owner in that position and be like, what, what, okay, can we just walk away? You, you are such a success and you have made this work and made it work to the point that now you're sitting in an advertising agency ready to hire experts to help you. I'm sorry, where, where in this whole thing should we be feeling bad <laughs> about what you've accomplished? You know, but they are, they, you know, they're a lot of times uh, afraid of breaking something that's working. I, mm-hmm. That's why I find a lot of times when they have been successful, they've been successful on the backbone of a very old uh, website, and they're so afraid of breaking it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be out that, you know, yes, there's a potential of, you know, really growing it, but they could also break this moneymaker. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um and some of them have tried a couple of times with different people to, you know, build the site on there. But, yeah, that profit conversation, you know, comes in about what it is changing at a much faster pace. And so if they haven't caught up yet, now is the time to do it. Tell me a little bit about how that conversation happened. What, how do you work with a client that's at that place that really needs to have a website that drives profit, not just like, 
Oh, it looks beautiful. It goes to strategy. And I think one of the most important starting points that my clients go through for a a profit-driving website Mm -hmm. is to really hone in on specific marketing and business goals Mm -hmm. for their website. Mm -hmm. And I always recommend that they focus on one, focus on one goal and perfect it as much as possible, and then use the web technology and different elements to support and enhance that goal. And then if they have secondary and tertiary goals that they want to pursue, great, that's fine. But they really, when you're talking about making money and having conversions and bringing in sales, it really needs to be, I can't stress this enough, one major focus, whether it's a particular product line or a service or your business philosophy or your process, whatever the thing is that you think is going to bring the dollars in, that's what really needs to be the the main focus of the site. So do you feel like you've you've seen plenty of it where people are, they're just trying too much at at once? All the time. Is that what's going on? Okay. All the time. I I see a lot of scattershot approaches to website design where Mm -hmm. businesses are just trying to do so many things with their website, like it's the be all and end all of their marketing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't really need salespeople to help them because the (laughs) website's there. And that's not really the way it works. I mean, the website is an awareness builder, a marketing tool, and some place that people can come to get the information they need to, you know, know, like, and trust you so that they want to do business with you. And it's, it's remarkable to me that businesses can be so on target when they go to a trade show and they are presenting in person and they really stick to their message or, you know, they publish an article and they really stick to the message. But when it comes to their website, all of a sudden, like all bets are off and there's, there are so many things going on that people coming into the site may not really know like, hey, what, what, what should I be looking at? What's really important here? And if they're not engaged really quickly upon, orig- you know, initially visiting, unfortunately, there's a chance that they may click away and go right. to another site to find yeah. what they want. I find that a lot of clients kind of see their website as like this digital filing cabinet, and they would like for me to place everything in there somehow and stuff mm-hmm. it in. And, and without thinking, how do you want people to flow? And I, I, I'm big on not using jargon, but this is where user interface and user experience comes in. Absolutely. And there's so there's so much power in that. I don't use that to try and make my client feel like they don't know something. But this is why people pay you. And this is why people pay us, right? Mm-hmm. Is to really understand what is happening inside of a person when they come to your website and how, what do you want them to do? What do you need them to do? You need them to follow a certain course of action. And what is that? And I just find that a lot of times, you know, clients, they they don't think about their website like that. I don't know how to shift that mindset easily. It, I, I feel like it's a, it's a big call to change with clients. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I think it might be something that's a little bigger than you and I. <laughs> I, I think you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree, Mary. <laughs> but it's so interesting that, you know, it's like we both experience that very same thing. You can, I can hear it in our voice. We're like, oh, yes, that's, we hear it a lot. And it, and it is hard to get people off. Have you had someone really successfully just listen to you and allow you to simplify a site? To a degree. Um, mm-hmm. There have definitely been compromises. Mm-hmm. Um, that have been made on both sides, mm-hmm. um, you know, me sort of p- 
pushing and then pulling and <laughs> it's, right. it's, you know, it's a dance and it's one that um, I'm happy to do because I think ultimately it, it really does help the client to find more clarity. And when they find clarity, people visiting can find what they need. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring up the word clarity, but I got to tell you how the the connection that we have, well, not tell you, you know our connection, um, but tell my listeners uh, that we connected at a, at coaching. We we both work with Christine Kane, and one of her big words is clarity. And actually, that's how I came to know her was I had chosen clarity as one of my words several years ago because I needed clarity in my business. And this was right after the fire, which is kind of interesting to talk about today. But I had to get to the point where I really needed to know what was Little Bird all about and what what did we specialize in? What, you know, what do we really do for people that nobody else does it quite our way? And once I got that clarity about our company, I just felt that I had to, you know, part of the puzzle of what we were giving to our clients would be clarity. And I, I, I see that in your work because I see you take things and unclutter them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a real beauty. That is something that you can give to clients that goes beyond just, oh, thank you for giving that to me for my web design. No, that translates into their business and helps them really think very clearly about how they make money. Mm-hmm. And why they make money and how how they could make more money. What, what You know, what is the actual thing that's going on? And it's so funny. We talk about it in website as, you know, as user experience. But really, it's their client experience. What's the experience with their brand? How are they interacting with it? Understanding that should help them in all aspects of their sales, right? Mm-hmm. should Absolutely. translate across. Mm-hmm. The other thing I see you do is I see you really match a personality of a company, or maybe people would say the corporate culture or the brand. And I I feel like you really put that out there in the web design. Tell me a little bit about what your process is to really tap into a company's signature brand or their look and feel or however, I don't know how you would, you would talk about it. What words would you use? I like brand and look and feel. Those are definitely two terms that I use um, quite often. And I, I really enjoy the ramp up phase of any design project. And and basically what happens during that ramp up phase is I spend a lot of time either in person or on the phone with clients talking about what their challenges are, what they're trying to accomplish in the next 12, 36 months with their business, Mm -hmm. um, where they've been in the past, maybe 12 to 24 months and talking to them about what kind of CEO do they have? What kind of people are working in their sales department? You know, how many, um, how many employees do they have that are actually doing the work that is their business? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do they do for fun? What kind of culture do they have in their company? Are there uh, marketing elements that they've got historically that they want to revisit or include in a new design and is um, the most important thing is, is anybody serving champagne out of a cart in the afternoon? <laughs> that is absolutely the most important. <laughs> that would be my first question. When is the champagne cart coming around? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, so you take those really kind of diving into that and, and what, I mean, tell us a little bit about the process. How do you translate that into design? Uh, well, translating that into design happens with, uh, the next step in 
that ramp up phase, which would be like a research and discovery process. Mm -hmm. So collectively, my client and I may cull through a bunch of different existing sites of either competitors or just sites in general that they really enjoy looking at, as well as ones that they just absolutely can't stand. Mm -hmm. And we try to look at different elements and pieces of those uh, creative works to see what resonates with mm-hmm. all the things that we discussed about their uh, goals and their company and their culture. And little by little, a story starts to develop and we find navigation design someplace that seems perfect for what we want to do. And mm-hmm. maybe there's a certain way that like microanimations are handled with that navigation that we really love, mm-hmm. or there's a certain kind of hero image or a split screen that is going to work really great because this particular client has, you know, two ideal clients that they pursue and not one. So they need to be fair to both of them and, mm-hmm. and show equal weight and so on and so forth. So putting into action the discovery is really a very organic experimental process. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, putting a puzzle together um, and you find the pieces from all different kinds of places, sometimes unexpected. Sometimes I might be out, you know, walking around in, in a neighborhood where I live or in a museum or in the supermarket and something will catch my eye. Maybe it's colors or typography or something that just so represents and relates to those conversations that I had with my client that it makes it onto a style tile or a mood board that Mm -hmm. we'll discuss together to see, you know, how that might resonate with the story they're trying to tell. Yeah, I love that approach that you're taking inspiration from all different places, because you're right, when when we look just to the competitor, just to the industry for a guide, that just that that falls flat. And I, I love how you take inspiration from other places. Uh, have you ever had the point where you've inspired the client too much and they give you so much that it's very hard to cull it back down? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun part of it. I agree with you. It's just sometimes it can get, you know, you can it can run away from you. But I I think I like you a lot. It's just like, but that's kind of the fun part too. You know, reining it back in is kind of get, coming back to that clarity and going, okay, that was a blast. Now what are we really going to do for, for us here? <laughs> well, let's end with this. I'd like to hear a little bit about some trends you're seeing. Are there things that people are asking for a lot? Or are there things that you think people should be asking for a lot that they're not? I think that would be interesting um, just with the different, uh, especially in the vertical that you work in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I just mentioned was uh, split screen design. Mm-hmm. And when I work with media companies, they do have two ideal target markets. Right. And one is an advertiser and one is the, the content placement, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So for health media specifically, you know, they would have ad agencies and then medical offices. So those are two very distinct personas, right? right? So to just have one hero image on the website is perhaps going to emphasize one over the other. And I suggest to clients that a a split screen design, which is something that seems to be becoming more and more popular these days, Mm -hmm. might be a great way to go because you can have side by side hero images and side-by-side messages that are given equal weight and can be just a really attractive way to help your visitors self-identify 
so that they can click through to the information that's most important to them without having to like wade through a bunch of stuff that's not pertinent. Yeah, but see, you're going right back to the same beauty in your design is that you're coming at it from an understanding of doing it for the user, not mm-hmm. for the company. And so mm-hmm. the split screen is understanding the user and saying, hey, I want you to have the kind of journey you want to have, <laughs> mm-hmm. which oh, is absolutely. what which is what clients are demanding, right? They don't want to go on a site and be forced into something that's not like them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that one. What mm-hmm. any, Anything else in there that you think people don't ask for that they should be asking for? Or? That they should be asking for. Uh, another Another trend that I've been seeing that I think would be helpful to a business wanting to elaborate maybe a little bit more on their company history, if that is of particular importance. Mm-hmm. And it's that's not always important to highlight, but I think for some legacy companies that could be really helpful is I'm seeing a lot more of a storytelling approach mm-hmm. on websites. And I think that the storytelling approach is being borrowed from magazine publishing and newspaper publishing Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have this sort of long flowing one page, almost not an endless scrolling situation, but Mm -hmm. a very long platform to deliver a timeline, so to speak. And and I'm, I'm not saying that you should put in a timeline necessarily, (laughs) but (laughs) just expressing maybe your company history in a way that's very captivating with use of sliders, videos, some what's being termed as flat light images. Mm -hmm. uh, We're seeing a lot of these days. Explain that. Explain that for some some people who may not know what that is. Flat light images. Mm -hmm. Flat light images are images that include a grouping of elements that are all laid out and organized, usually in some sort of a neat arrangement or pattern and photographed. It's a really attractive way to express a product line. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of beauty companies use it. I've seen blogs where women actually like dump out the contents of their pocketbooks, yeah. and just lay it out flat to show you like kind of what they're about because of what they carry around with them every uh-huh. day. This is so funny because I just, I'm literally just finishing a piece, a blog of mine of things I don't travel without. <laughs> and it literally is this this total approach. This is funny to me. So, <laughs> so I, I love I I pr- that resonates with me. I like that approach, and I don't get to do that with a lot of clients. But to me, I like that look and feel. And I think you're right in that some of these things are coming from other industries, from magazine layouts and things like that. And people are expecting that more on the web. You know, mm-hmm. they're expecting different mediums, different industry looks and feels. But then all it's all happening to happen on a screen now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. It is very cool. I love it as well. Yeah, I, I love it when those things, when, when they connect. Now, I do like when it's done effectively, like background video. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you getting much requests for that? or I'm getting some requests for background video, mm-hmm. um, but I can't say a lot. I personally really enjoy background video, but I'm also fortunate to be on a high bandwidth connection. Right. And I think with more and more people using mobile devices and being in a rush to get from point A to point B, it can be a little bit difficult for them Mm -hmm. to encounter a video and have to wait for it to load before they can escape the page or it it has to be done carefully. But I but I do love the look, I have to say. I also like things where people like where you take an idea like we had a timeline, we took a timeline that was like a, you know, a plug in. 
and took a timeline, but we didn't use it for a timeline for our client. We used it on their front screen as like, okay, we kind of started it like as a time, like, okay, the company was created here. And literally that was it. The next ones were all, we save this company this much. We save this company this much. We worked on this project, you know, and instead of making it all about us, like, when did we move into this building? Who cares? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. We did it about and did it like a timeline of all of their clients, like when this client got this project done. And I, it, to me, I'm always looking for just like a weird way of using other elements like that. Or what could you do differently about a gallery? I love you know, that. They're just trying to say, because plugins are plugins, and that's great. Or you can write them. I mean, you code them yourself all the time and create them custom. We do, too. It just depends upon what the budget is. You know, you mm-hmm. and I both have to work on budget, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> reality sets in. But I like that. Like, I love it when I go to a website and someone has used somewhat something, a feature that you have seen a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just kind of, it's a little bit provocative. Like, you go, oh, that's so, okay. I I wasn't expecting that. And I think that's a good piece of, you know, user user experience. They're like, oh, that's different. Absolutely. Yeah. And and honestly, I think that's the name of the game these days. It's the internet's been around for a while mm-hmm. and not that it's matured. I mean, it's still absolutely evolving and changing, but I think there are only so many brand new things that can be invented every year. Um, And in terms of web trends, oftentimes it's more about trends that have been out there for a while that are being more refined and being made more sophisticated than they were before. And I think talking about like flat light images, that's that's an example of the hero image being refined and more sophisticated. Oh, yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I like um, how much more sophisticated like the uh, tiled approaches mm-hmm. where you can have one tile. I just think of it like as a grid. I'm just obviously I'm not talking to you now. <laughs> think of this like a grid and where this one box is doing one thing, but they're all connected as opposed to the space that everybody's used to. Oh, break this out. And the thing, I think where it's like all like you think all the, the grid move together and that's something that is not new, that people have been doing that kind of tile approach, but now it works so much better. So people are able to do so much more beautiful things with mm-hmm. that tile approach where they're all doing different things in the different you know boxes in the grid, and then all of a sudden they're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I've even seen people translate that over onto their Instagram where one image, you're like, what is this image? What is this image? But if you looked at it as a whole page all those little pieces, they've loaded them as separate images. But now after two weeks, you see it's a whole one big image. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's so many interesting approaches like that. I love it when creative comes into it. And that's why I love about your design. Not, I think number one for me, the uncluttered is, is just beautiful. But I, I feel like you're, you're just bringing that art back to the functionality and thinking through what, what would I like to see right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and I hear that in you even when you're talking about trends. Yeah, trends are great and, you know, we can incorporate them. But are we still thinking about the end user? I mean, what just like what you brought up with bandwidth. Well, but is that great for them? Mm-hmm. That's that's just kind of hitting home to that functionality piece. So Absolutely. Well, I love to end my podcast by doing uh, freebies. And uh, you have a freebie for my listeners. So I'm excited <laughs> to hear what you have. <laughs> Well, I have a free download if you go to my website, which is at marymaru.com, M-A-R-Y-M-A-R-U.com. On the homepage there, you'll find eight essential steps to building a smarter website. Um, It is, you know, a a universal 
instruction guide on how you can think about and start to pull together the elements of a web redesign if it's maybe been a few years since the last time you designed or redesigned your business web and you want to kind of get the juices flowing before you pick up the phone and call a designer or call a little bird to get started on your project. Mm-hmm. It, you know, having our clients be well-informed does nothing but help both of us. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, get get them really understanding what, what kind of questions should they be asking. I, I love that. I, I think that's super important. So, well, go visit that. It's um, Mary, M-A-R-U dot com. So um, check it out. Also, just look at the portfolio. You'll see, you'll see the great examples of what we were talking about, about visibility and credibility and profit. It and how how do all those things fit together? And this is why I like to surround myself with people in the industry who are doing what I think is really quality work for clients, understanding their businesses. And as agencies, we're not advancing our own plans. <laughs> we're saying, okay, we are here as a service industry truly to help make our clients shine and really put their best foot forward. And that's that's exactly what you're, what you're doing, Mary. And I think that's such, I'm just happy to let my, my listeners hear, you know, your take on it and also just your experience. I think I think you come at things from a different perspective and that very uh, sophisticated and kind of slowed down. Now, wait a minute. Let's really think through what you need here. I I love that. And I'm sure that your clients appreciate it. And by the testimonials on your website, we know they do. (laughs) Thanks so much, Priscilla. You got some good stuff on there. Thanks. Thank you, Mary. Please check uh, check out her website, Mary Maru, M-A-R-Y-M-A-R-U dot com and get your freebie and, um, you know, start thinking about what your website needs to look like and what it needs to be doing. So for Little Bird Marketing, Ponderings from the Perch, our Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.